when you think of ego, you think of like egotistical person, like, but it's goes both ways, right? Like it gets in your way of your successes and your failures, the fear of failing and the fear of succeeding. Cause then you have to like up, uphold that image when you get there. Right. To be successful, you, you do need to fail. Right. Right. Like even our, like our first podcast wasn't, <laughs> it was a failure, but look what we learned. And now that we learned it, we can now move on. And I think that's awesome. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton with Matt and John and Mike and Bill. I almost forgot that other Matt too. This podcast is not sponsored by BoardGameGeek.com, by the creator of the game, or any other game company. This podcast is a production of Friday Night Games. Warning. This podcast occasionally contains strong language, which may be unsuitable for children. Unusual humor, which may be unsuitable for everyone. Mention of alcohol and lewd behavior from Bill, which is only suitable for himself. All right, so with us today is John. And myself, Matt, and we have no one else there. <laughs> That's it, just two of us. <laughs> Friday Night Games, uh, Night with a K, are a group of friends who play and discuss board games almost every Friday for the last two to three years, and some of us even longer. We currently are picking games and playing them. If this is your first time tuning in, expect discussion of gameplay and not a step-by-step instruction of how to play. The Epic of Gil and Ennis, a game from one or two players by Matthew Heidi. Teachers suck. Parents suck. People suck. Everything everywhere sucks. And you're all I've got left. After a traumatic event, best friends Gil and Ennis run away from home and spend six nights dreaming in the wilderness before climbing the perilous Mount Humumba and confronting their own personal demons. Inspired by the Goonies and the legend of Gilgamesh, the epic of Gil and Ennis is a game for one or two players and playable in 15 minutes. What really drew you to this game? I mean, like, what we're probably going to say for most of the games that we choose is the artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, looking on uh, Board Game Geek, uh, it was in a nine-card competition, and it was one of the first links I clicked on. And just the artwork that is on here is very good. It's all, it's watercolor paintings, um, and each card uh, for the dreams are very intricate and colorful and they really popped out at me um i just i didn't even read the rules i instantly printed the game like hey we're gonna play this um yeah just as a note uh did did this game win do you know i'm not sure i I feel like this competition was a while ago and uh and i actually looked at it separate from you and i was basically judging the games by the art also (laughs) and this game really really stood out just because of how um beautiful the art was the way you described it was perfect uh, right now in front of us, it's all black and white, so we don't we don't see that. And um, when we played this with the group, they didn't really see that either until we showed them after the full play, and then they were blown away by how beautiful the art was. Yeah, that's what it really is. What would drew me to it, and even just on the black and white cards of the characters, it's just it's simple, but it's like that's kind of what fits the style of the game, I guess. Yeah, and and that's a it's a good style for a board game. Okay, so John, read us the, just give us a brief overview of what we need to do. Um, Each round consists of four steps. Uh, So the first step is we're hiking, so we're moving our players on the map to each uh, camping location. The second step is to pitch our tent. Um, So in that phase, we um, take special campsite actions. So some of the 
uh, campsites have um, icons that tells, tells us that we can do certain things while we're at that site. We can use character abilities. Each character has a once per round ability and then a once per game ability um, and organize supplies. So you can move the dice around on your card to um, plan for your uh, for the next phase, which is to sleep. So when you sleep, you're choosing um, either one or both players to um, resolve the dream that you're that you choose. Um, there's different actions and uh, different consequences depending on how many players actually play the dream. Um, and then the fourth phase is to break. So you're going to eat. So what I like about this mechanic of the game is you automatically lose a point in your inventory. Um, but then when you're foraging, um, you get to take a dice that's not a die that's not in play and add it to your inventory. Um, so what I didn't mention last time we played was the strategy. So okay. most of the strategy in this game surrounds about around managing your inventory supplies, um, planning in advance when to spend them while you're dreaming and modify them through abilities and campsite actions. So in order to ensure you have the correct amount and values to match the dice being collected by Mount Humumba, sometimes it might be the best to intentionally fail a dream in order to save the dice values and lower your worry level. Oh, we learned that last time, right? Yeah. Uh, so something particular to note in your first few playthroughs, the dice requirements on dream cards are different whether you are dreaming alone or together. Dreaming alone requires dice of higher values, uh, four to six, while dreaming together will require you dice of lower values, one to four. Cool, so uh, you know what? I'm gonna go alone, because I like to live dangerously. That wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you have no hopes for the future that's for sure yeah that's it was a bad idea hmm. so basically um you had to have two dice of six or less is that greater than or equal, less than or equal to six we got two no dice. greater than greater than or equal to six How do you have a dice greater than equal to six? uh it was just six Basically, okay. you need two sixes, which I don't have. Okay. And then this this was the uh, thing we were confused about, and apparently we're still <laughs> confused about yeah. is the, the simple math. Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> simple maths. And mind you, I have a math degree, so... <laughs> I'm holding my fingers up. I'm like, which one is the L? All right, so we failed. Yeah, so... Right uh, off. Uh, wow, that's... Uh, yeah, I can't use any of my abilities to help me either, so basically that was just a fail. But, but our worry level gets reduced. Which is good. Which I don't, I don't really understand that part of it either. If we fail, why does our worry go down? Do you right. trust me? <sighs> <laughs> I know that uh, if I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm probably never going to be allowed to make a decision again. <laughs> That's okay. Go for it. So I'm, go I'm going alone. We you do have the hand die that matches. You have a three that's greater than the two, so I can't go alone. And boom. So first, first, first start. Your dream was about disappointment in others. Yeah, that's just my general outlook. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to disappoint you in this game. But um, you know, uh, if you beat this, you get to you get belief in the impossible. So maybe you uh, can solve that disappointment. I can flip a backpack die. 
Take that, Mount Humumba. <laughs> we <Blah>! won. <laughs> we won. <laughs> and we couldn't beat that one, though. We couldn't beat that second roll. No. We just took the dice and threw it. I don't it. know what happened. <laughs> What's the score? 900. Awesome. Yeah, well. That was it. That's it. And uh, that means that I'm actually two for two playing this game. I am also two for two because I didn't play last time. Right, right. And I beat it when I played it by myself. I guess first things first. It's just me, uh, Matt, and John. Um, Matt, Bill, and Novi did a playthrough with us a while ago, but the podcast material didn't exactly turn out very well because we were uh, learning. Yeah. You know, we're on a strict budget. <laughs> and uh, basically, the thing I thought was going to be good, well, it wasn't. And this is way better what we're doing now anyway, and easy. You know, it was a, it was a good try, though. Uh, we, had, we had just like a single mic set up, and we kind of just got a little bit into the groove. It helped us organize for the next round. And, and the last one we did is actually helped us organize for this one and so forth. So we promise we'll get better. We promise you this is going to be awesome. You know, and if you want to sponsor us and give us some money to buy some stuff and we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over some uh, mechanics. All right. Okay. So first question, uh, what mechanics are used to play this game? This game uh, is played with nine cards. Uh, there's six dream cards, two player cards, and a map card. Um, it's also played with 14 D6 dice. The D6 dice were taken from our uh, monthly D&D, so they're all pretty, just to let everyone know if you have pretty dice like us. Uh, You get one player marker, um, so you can use a cube, a coin button, whatever you want to use, um, and a player aid, so a description of the uh, uh, phases and the icons on the map and what they mean. Um, Basic mechanics that relate to all those things are just mentioned. Uh, Basically, it's a dice game. So, and you, you roll the dice to get a number and then there's different ways to manipulate it. So, and each character has a different manipulation. Uh, I was, uh, Enos and, uh, Enos had a way to re-roll his main hand every round or once per game, he can flip the die, meaning that if it's on one, I could turn into a six or, or vice versa or, you know, any number. I don't actually know what numbers are on the opposite <laughs> of what our numbers are. No, you're probably right. Should, one, but one, one and six. I do know that one. I do know that one. Um, okay. So what were your general thoughts about the gameplay? Uh, I mean, the game's super easy to learn, I think. Like, it wasn't terrible to teach. wasn't terrible to pick up. I think, uh, I know with our first playthrough, um, the rules that I have printed from the board game geek weren't quite clear what the added worry levels were on the cards so the added worry levels are at the top right right corner. so every every time you uh fail a dream um, there's two numbers at the top of the card um that adds to the worry level that wasn't super clear as to what those numbers were so i watched um the creator do a playthrough uh and i played along with that so that's how i learned how to play the game so i can teach it to you guys and and that was really good for us because uh it, it seemed like you the first playthrough the first time we did this uh you read through the instructions and we were all seemed like very confused by what the worry level is on these cards and then you luckily played it before so you had that you had that you know you had that insight which has really helped us play quicker right um i feel like if we didn't know that we probably would have gotten really frustrated but 
everything turned out good. What mechanics worked well and why, or what mechanics worked poorly and why? I think for me, this kind of a answers both questions. I'm like, you obviously need all the these die, dice to play the game. But on the second hand, you need all these dice to play the game. Mm-hmm. I know when I played at home and it said 14 dice, I'm like, oh, I can probably scounge up uh, 14 die, and I had five. So it was very hard. I actually played with a deck of cards um, as my dice um, instead. 14 dice is actually a lot um, for someone who maybe, I know if, you, if we're into gaming and stuff like that, you and play D&D or something, you'll have extra dice lying around. But um, I think for me, I just didn't add my house. So that made it difficult for me to play. What did you think about the mechanics themselves, like rolling the dice and, uh, you know, up, you know, because basically we're trying to, the whole point of this game is to beat these dream cards. Right. Right. So did you find it hard or easy? Uh, I'll I'll go first, I guess. I kind of, I think when we first played, I found it kind of hard because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to be on these dream cards. I didn't know that, say, for instance, if you went solo, you had to have a greater than five or a greater than five or a greater than six or et cetera on right. your dice. I didn't know what was going to be in the pile. Well, that's because I forgot to read the strategy, right, last time? Uh, <laughs> you did, and but I mean, but I actually thought that was kind of cool because that actually was like, wow, I'm discovering this game. And I, I'm a big discovery person, like, um stra- like strategy wise for me is i play it i understand it then my brain will start processing what i need to do right um so I, anyways i thought these like i thought it was kind of interesting how the creator created it mm-hmm. and i was just like oh fives and sixes and i noticed like you know you read to me the rule that if i fail it goes down which is kind of interesting and i'm like well what if we just keep failing and and i think uh when we when we played in the bigger group you know, we played two games or whatever as a bigger group. Um, I, I put down all the cards. And I noticed, like, if you fail everything, then you you have, like, just enough cards to... Or, sorry, just enough uh, dice to try and beat everything. And it was really hard. Yeah, like, cause I remember... that I was going to try to bring that up because I remember when you said that the creator of the game actually put a lot of thought into it because that's going to be... You know, when you're creating games, you have to you have to come up with every answer. Right. Yeah. Like you have to figure like someone's going to ask the question. You have to you have to ask the question first. Right. And I yeah. feel like the creator of this game did that. You know, like what if I failed every game, every dream? Well, can I still beat beat this game? Because it's a lot of worry. And the answer is yes. Yeah. And that's it's cool. hard, but it's hard. You have to have all the dice right out at the same time. And that's what I think is really cool. Yeah. Did um, anything go poorly? Did you see any mechanic you're like, which was kind of better? No, I think like playing the, uh, this round again, this was my, my second time, but third time watching a play or fourth time watching playthroughs. Um, the game's like super smooth. Like, I know we were kind of playing choppy a little bit, but um, I feel like if we played again and just didn't worry about recording or whatever, like, it would be a pretty quick, easy game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think if from remembering the first time we played, the first game was choppy again, but then when, uh, I think it was, was it Bill and Matt played it with each other? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Definitely, definitely played with each other. <laughs> they, I think they had an easier time playing. The gameplay went by really quickly. Like they played it. I think it took us twenty minutes. It took them like five. 
<laughs> something crazy like that. But then again, they're all over the place. So yeah, but they weren't playing right though. They were doing something wrong. Oh, they the way that they was. were doing their backpack stuff. I think they weren't. Oh, yeah. They weren't. Um, so there's phases to the game. So you're only supposed to, you know, at, when you when you roll when you forage and you pick up a dice, it goes right to your hand. And then when you have it in your hand, you can you can't switch it right away. You can do your actions and then you can switch it. And I think they were not doing that properly. Yeah. And they still lost. So <laughs> <laughs> they cheated. <laughs> they cheated. They still, still lost. lost. So, and, you know, that's what it is. Okay. So what mechanic really stood out? I think the fact that if you failed every mission you would have still have enough dice and me being a, I have a math degree. I'm a giant nerd. Like that was just like, like it was like an awe moment. I like literally like blew my mind. I'm like, wow, this guy really did think of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I really like the mechanics were really good. Like rolling dice to, you know, try and beat dreams. There's a little bit of randomness. Like it's, you're not going to be perfect and it does rely on a little bit of luck. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, coming from, me playing just i think the overall game stood out to me like it's it was just like it's fun and you know there's not many one player games out there and if it's something that oh hey like i just i feel like doing something i can pull this game out real quick and play it and then be done right and then yeah you you could be done actually faster than solitaire right play a couple games um what was your strategy for the game john what did you do uh, I think this time, really focusing on what each of us had in our inventory um, and knowing that the first dream that we played was the two sixes and we beat it. It's like, okay, now we, we're going to get this game, right? Because we're going to be able to figure this out ourselves. Yeah, I, I noticed like, and you know, like, remember I drew the strategy and I'm like, do you trust me, right? Do you trust me? There's no more two sixes in here, right? And mm-hmm. And obviously I was right because last time we played, I made note of that. But when I was playing it for the first time, I didn't know that. And it was Discovery. And once we went through all the cards, I'm like, oh, every card has like a different number. And it goes like six, 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 five, 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 right? Five, four. Right. So you kind of have like all that. You have like a wide variation of cards. So I know if we had the two sixes and I failed, the next time it's not going to be there, right? And I think like that's kind of um, what could be a downside to this game is like, you remembered that um you know there is only six dream cards and i know it was a competition to only be able to use nine cards and whatnot but i feel like if and when um the creator of this game produces it you know having that ability to add dreams as expansions is going to be huge because then it's going to take an element of a bigger element of surprise into it you just you just read my mind. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, I was going to say like it was fun to play this nine card game, but I think when he releases more content, not only um, not only more dreams, but more boards, more little rules like that. I think that will be super cool. Like they're they're going up what Mount? Uh, I can never remember the name of this mountain. Mount Humumba. So maybe they're going to go up a different mountain next time or different woods. And I think that will be super cool. Different characters even. So like you randomize the characters, you randomize the board, you randomize the dreams. And now you have a totally different game, which you can win or lose mainly on luck. Right. Um, so my strategy, 
was based, which you kind of said was to memorize those cards. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing I did was I noticed that keeping uh, a large amount of dice in your inventory was super important. And I, if I, I'm, it's kind of coming back to me now. I remember uh, Bill and Matt losing because they kept losing dice to eating. And this, oh, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. game, remember, I was kept swapping it back up. If once I got down to one, I'm like, I'm moving this back into my back. I'm going to swap dice. And remember, I didn't let you uh, lose a dice. Oh, no, no. Actually, at the end of the game, I at did. At the end of the game, yeah, because I had the one and I right. lost it. So that I can boost my dice. Yeah. yeah. So it's all about what you have and, and organizing that. It's a big it's a big thinking game. And especially when you play with another car- another person, you have to cooperate that way. You can't can't play this game by yourself with another person. Like you actually have to physically pay attention to what's going on with the other character, and I think that's really cool too. Because then, you know, some games that you play um, aren't as engaging. Like you're kind of doing your own thing yeah. while trying to stop another person from doing the other another thing. But you know, this game you're playing together to win this game, and I think it's it's awesome. Um, how long did it take to learn and how long will a replay session take or did it take uh, for me to learn and play my first playthrough was about 35 minutes um, mind you I was playing along with uh, the creators um, playthrough video which is I think 30 minutes long and then this game probably took us I don't know, maybe 10 15 minutes to play and when we when we play as a bigger group again it was like maybe 15, 20 minutes to play for two people the first round. And then when the second set of people came in, and I don't think it only took them like five, 10 minutes, Yeah, it's pretty just quick. really quick. Was it difficult to play or did you find it easy? I think for me, the first time playing was super confusing. Um, mainly, I don't like to read instructions very well. Um, I just like to get in and play. Um, but watching the playthrough on the on YouTube was was very helpful, and then playing today was just like, oh yeah, I can I remember how to play this, and then the going just going into the rules to look at, am I doing this correctly? I, I forget like a certain aspect of it, but it wasn't difficult after that. I think it's a pretty once you get a hang of how to play, it's pretty easy to teach and learn. I found it very easy uh, to pick up. Once you got down the phases, it was very easy to play. Um, at the only point I found kind of stressed out, and I feel like it's done this way on purpose, is the very final night. Because mm-hmm. the very last round before the final night, we were, I was I, you probably saw me. I'm in panic mode. I'm like, <laughs> uh, how many dice you got? How many? Okay, you can eat that. And I'm trying to like game the game, right? And it's yeah. that's when it becomes uh, a stressful moment for me when I'm like, oh, we actually have to get that goal up there but the actual camping and stuff with i kind of like it it's like very it's like camping you know casual slowly forge some food kind of move up Mm -hmm. so that's that's all fun and dandy and then you get to the final round you're like oh i actually have to beat something right now and you know is there anything you would improve about this game just talking about how you felt with the last um phase of the game where you were wondering if we had enough dice to beat a cool thing that could be done or you know maybe as a house rule is hide any failed dreams so you don't know what it is you actually have to beat make it a little bit harder that way 
I mean, you can always remember and like take note, but when you're playing and then I like that because right? uh, from the last game we played, we realized that we can't remember anything. Yep. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be an impossible game for us. I like that. Right. So I think that'd be kind of cool. And then when you come in, you're like, oh, shit, I need like a bunch of sixes. Well, one six, but. And I guess like a cool strategy for that would be that you kind of know the numbers are spread are spread out. So you with a bunch of dice, you should just you know, kind of spread out your numbers to make mm-hmm. sure you can handle any situation. Right. Was it fun or boring or in between? And how engaged were you during your turn or not your turn? I thought it was pretty fun. And we were keep discussing how we want to play again, mm-hmm. which is a very positive aspect. Um, during my turn, I, you know, turns were simultaneous. So I was engaged all the time. Right. That's what I like about the game. Um, you're not not doing anything. Um, so it's engaging that way. Um, you know, I this is, like I said, my third or fourth time playing the game, and I will play it again, which is always what you want as a, create, a game creator. Was it clear and easy to understand? Yes and no. Um, I think for the method of play and the setup, and you know going into what each phase means was easy to understand but like i said earlier um not super clear as to what the worry level on the dream cards were i think was the the one thing that stuck out to me unless i'm just not reading that part in these rules anywhere sometimes i find you know it's in there but you kind of read it differently i i feel like and obviously this is like a very quick game and you know, the person who made this game did a really good job and you know, there's things missing. And one of the things missing is just like, what are the things on these dream cards? Cause mm-hmm. I don't know what they are, but that's, it was easily solved when you check the YouTube. Right. So on that note, was it clear? <laughs> I would say 99%. Yes. Yeah. It was it easy to understand. Yes. Yeah, I to- I agree with presentation. We do talk about it a bit, but we'll talk about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the game presentation? So like the art, the, how the cards are laid out. It's good. Like I think, like for us, we I played the lo- I printed off the website uh, Board Game Geek, and I printed the low ink one, so we don't get that the value of the color copy. Um, but if you look on online and search this game the artwork is bright it's colorful they make sense of what the titles of the dreams are um oh yeah one one funny thing is that you know we actually don't the cards are printed off we there's no dreams on them no dreams on them so like it's like a blank in the middle and that really confused me the first time we played because i'm like "What what are we playing here but then John actually pulled up the art and it looked really good. And I'm like, Oh, I, you know, that this person did a really good job with the art. Right. And, um, these, these names on it, like burden of responsibilities, that's the nightmare. And, uh, when you win, you get pure imagination, which is kind of neat. Yeah. It's very, very, you know, black and white, right, wrong, yin yang, whatever, if I'm using those in the right context, but, uh, I think the the creator of this game thought put a lot of thought into it. It's a labor of love, right? Like it's not easy creating a game, and it's not easy coming up with every question everyone's going to ask about it. 
And I think Matthew did this very well. And I'm not sure if he did the artwork by himself either, which was even sweeter. What are your overall impressions? And who would you recommend playing this game with? My overall impressions is great game. I don't know, like I just I fell in love with it the first like the minute I finished playing my first round, and I was actually really super. Actually, I fell in love with it before I played it. Um, as soon as we mentioned the idea of doing podcasts about reviewing games, it's the first. It was honestly like the one and only link I I hit, and I never really looked at anything else after that. Since it was meant to be right, it was meant to be. It was meant for us to to play this game, and I and I really really enjoy. Even the black and white version, like I know I don't, we don't have all the, the elements to it, but like it's still fun, and that's what I really like about it. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head, and I, I think we just kept talking about like, all the points, the art, the gameplay, uh, how how the uh, Matt has all the questions that a player could ever have already set up. Like I think he just did a fantastic job. Um. So the second part was who would you recommend playing this game with? Well, John, I'd, I'd recommend playing with you. You're you're yes. a really good partner. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, I recommended it to you guys, right? So I think if you are in a group that um, plays games often with your friends, bring it up. You know, take take a couple rounds and play. Have each person play, um, or maybe even come up with some house rules where you. Yeah, I make up your own stuff, right? I think that house rule that you suggested was perfect for us, especially for me, because I'm uh, I'm counting numbers all the time. Oh, and the most important question for overall impression: Would you play this drunk? I would. I would say yes. I mean, it would be easy to play drunk, but hard at the same time. Because if well, the numbers wouldn't be flying by my head. So a six or a nine. <laughs> Hey, that was only once. <laughs> I, I got a question for you. Okay. Which anxiety do you fear the most? I fear the most? Yeah. Um, feelings of insignificance. So you feel this is getting deep. Yes. I didn't expect it to go this way, but mm. <laughs> uh, why? Well, Dr. Matt, let me tell you. <laughs> As we were talking about before, you know, your ego gets in the way of everything. Right. So and it's really hard to get out of that mindset. Like, hey, if I if I have a plan to do something a certain way and it doesn't go the way I want it to go, I completely revert back to, oh, I'm not good enough to do this or maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Same thing with like, you know, the artwork for what we're doing. Um, The moment I falter or don't like something, I I don't touch it for a very long time. And uh you know, I think I that's 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 the biggest thing for me. What about you? Oh, this is a really tough question. Um, I think, uh, like, I wouldn't say disappointment in others. I'd actually say disappointment in self. Um, I'm sure, you know, you, you've known me a very long time, and you know me a lot better now. Um, you could definitely agree that I am, like, a perfectionist, and I'm always striving to do better all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like a lot when I excel at something and then I do really well and then everyone just ignores me, I just feel disappointed. I guess I am feeling disappointed in others. I think I hit it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Disappointed that no one noticed how hard I'm trying or how well I'm trying to do. Right. Um, okay. And then the second 
question would be uh, what uh, feeling when you come out of the dream would you want? Um, oh, I'm going first. Okay. Notions of uh, invincibility. Yeah. Because then, um, then I'm probably going to do something really stupid. I'm probably going to be like, I could jump off this cliff. <laughs> What's the craziest dream that you can remember? Uh, oh, I can remember. Hmm. There was this. I feel like it was a nightmare. I don't remember it fully now because it was a bunch of years ago. Describe it to me. But I remember being some sort of superhero kind of thing. And I was fighting all the elements. So, like, earth, wind, fire, and water. But they were, like, giant, giant monsters. And it was, like, a, I remember it was, like, a super cool dream. I'm, like, I woke up. I'm, like, this is awesome. Was, uh, did it resemble that card game we made? No. This was years before. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But, uh... Yeah, it was. It was just really. It was. It was like an epic dream. It was like watching Lord of the Rings in uh, my my dream state. So, you know, a little bit stuff that's not normal. Well, I guess Lord of the Rings isn't really that normal. But uh, I don't know. It was just really cool. I remember that being like super vivid and like super colorful, and that's what stood out to me. And that's what I I could still remember. I was probably like six years ago. I had this dream, so what about you? Oh, I have a really good answer for that one. Um, I think it was like eight years ago. I had a dream. It, la- it felt like it lasted a month, mm-hmm. like a month. Like I, I swear, I like in the dream, I woke up, I ate, I went to like school and I repeated this for like days and days and days. And then for some reason, in the middle of the dream, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I think I'm missing something here. I don't think I'm in school anymore. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm in a dream. But I feel like I've been in a dream for a month. I feel like I learned. Like, it's like a Naruto. I don't know if you guys, anyone's ever seen Naruto. But in Naruto, he can make a shadow clone and basically learn from all those experiences. And that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, oh, I could learn so much from this. This is amazing. And did you? No. From all of us at Friday Night Games, we want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more updates, please subscribe to our website, www.fridaynightgames.com.